Let's go to uh, one of our football men who's also in the region. It is David Chody. Good morning to you, mate. Dino, morning. How are you? Good, brother. Are you in? Are you at the basin this morning, Chody, or where are you? Mate, I've ducked over to the wire wrapper, sitting in uh, in, in amongst the vines, uh, about to enjoy a lunch in the vineyard. So oh. does that sound uh, oh. nice enough for you? Oh, you're, you're making me and many others very jealous, Chody. Very jealous, mate. Hey, um, David, I don't know if you heard, but just before we crossed you, we played um, an interview with uh, Graham Potter, who is, of course, our, our Chelsea manager. And he was, <laughs> and he mentioned in there some of the senior players had said it was a bad pre-season for whatever reason. To me, it sounded like a pretty thin excuse at this stage. What is what is going on at our beloved Chelsea, Chody? Yeah, I think uh, Graham Potter is finding life tough at Chelsea. Uh, in reading through some of the websites, uh, he's even talking about the stress that's been placed on him and his family. So mm. I think this is a big job, which requires a big manager, and Graham Potter is uh, being tested sorely at the moment. Uh, we've got all the players at Chelsea that you could possibly oh, want, but have crikey. we got the right players and have we got the right mix? I don't know. Um, not a good time to be the Chelsea manager as uh, the change of ownership, I think, has meant sort of a, a whole new philosophy at Chelsea. And at the moment, it's just not gelling. Well, you look, Chuddy, you played a lot of football. I played a lot of football. We've just brought so many players. You cannot get, I don't blame Potter, you can't get combinations with this many new players in, in one short period. I'd like to know, that, did Potter have an input into those players or was that all chosen for him and he just had to try and put it together? It felt a bit like uh, an episode out of Ted Lasso during the uh, <laughs> transfer window. It was uh, it was signing anybody and everybody in no particular order, and uh, it just didn't look like there was a plan. I'm not sure how much Potter was involved. Uh, Todd Bowley, for a time, was the sporting director, and uh, that gives you sort of the oversight. Oh. So I suspect a lot of these signings weren't signings that Graham Potter necessarily made, but he's now got uh, to find out who his best team is, and I defy any Chelsea fan at the moment to name their best lineup because yep. it's almost like they're introducing to each other as they walk on the pitch. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, uh, Chody. And, of course, it doesn't make it any easier for us. We've got, I see, our next uh, game in the Premier League is against Spurs, of course, coached by ex-Chelsea coach Antonio Conte. Yeah, I don't think he'll be on the sideline by the sounds. I think he's recovering from a bit of surgery, but the Spurs-Chelsea match is one that, Historically, Chelsea have done okay at, but mm. I'd be a brave man to suggest that they're going to go okay tomorrow. Um, I would, I would think that Chelsea, uh, Chelsea would be doing well to take a point away. Uh, we just can't score goals at the moment. Defensively, quite solid, mm. um, not conceding lots of goals, but just the inability to score goals. I think I saw a stat the other day that um, Berling Haaland has scored more goals than the whole Chelsea side combined. So, <laughs> I mean, that tells you. Everything you need to know about Chelsea at the moment. <laughs> Goals are hard to come by. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and look, let's be honest too, Chody. The last sort of few weeks, um, you know, City, City are, are a little bit hot and cold at the moment and Arsenal were the same. But now, unfortunately, it looks like Manchester United have got the momentum. Is it a three-horse race, Chody? Yeah, well, I would have seen a two-horse race a couple of weeks ago, but Man United under Ten Hag have just snuck their way into contention, haven't they? They're mm. uh, quietly going about their business. And uh, Man United fans are starting to get a smile back on the dial because uh, post the World Cup, they are in great nick. Yeah. Uh, they look like a side that's building a building a case just to get themselves back in the mix. Um, I mean, at the moment, you'd have to say Arsenal and uh, City are heavily favoured to fight it out in the two-horse race. Mm. But just look out for the, the late... The late run from uh, Man United. Yeah, and look at the other end of the table. It's absolutely chaos. We lost last week, of course, to Southampton. But let me ask you, Chody. 
and I heard Michael Owens say it afterwards in one of the conferences, he reckons that James Ward-Prowse is one of the best, if not the best, direct free kick taker he's ever seen. And you know what? I'm finding it hard to argue with that. Yeah, he's a great uh, man on a set piece. When that free kick he scored last week against Chelsea, when the foul was given away, mm. don't know about you, but I thought to myself, this is bad news yeah. because Ward-Prowse, yeah. it's almost surprising to see him not score from that position. he He's an absolute genius from anywhere sort of around that 18-yard box just outside. Uh, he finds uh, he finds it easy to get it up and down over the wall. And uh, he did exactly what he's done for so long. He'd be a great pickup for a big club, I think. James Ward-Prowse is a player and a half. I, I, I agree with you. And, and I was even thinking, you know, for the England side, why not just put him in there? Okay, he might not be the world's greatest midfielder, but on set pieces, free kicks outside the box, you, you give him three, he's going to get one. Yeah, he's a real he's a real danger for them. I mean, remember, he's playing at a club also that's at the bottom of the table, um, mm. and that's hard work when you're in a midfield that's probably being swamped most weeks, not seeing a lot of the ball. Yep. You just wonder if he's the kind of player that, in better company, gets better. I think that's often the way with players. Yeah, Many players react better. It's a, it's a test of them, but uh, wouldn't mind it seeing him play at a higher team, to be honest. I think that's a very good point, Joe. Well, of course, Southampton take on Leeds this weekend, and that's going to be a real uh, humdinger. Leeds are all over the show at the moment. W- how do you see this one going, Jody? This, this, this is a, this is a, this is going to be a, a fiery encounter, I think. Yeah, it is. Uh, Leeds at one point above them. If you look at the goal difference, you see Southampton conceding 21 goals or a negative 21 difference against a negative 11 difference, which suggests to me that Leeds have got a bit more resilience about them. But in saying that, a new manager at Southampton, a new, a new sort of lease of life with a great result at Chelsea last week. Southampton will fancy themselves to get something out of it. These are the kind of games that they sort of almost can't afford to lose. It mm. gives a chance for someone to jump out of that relegation zone. Draw would be the smart money for mine. And another another relegation battle, really. And, you know, I didn't think West Ham would be in the in this conversation this year, but they are. They take on Nottingham Forest, who are five points ahead of them. If Forest win, that really takes them out of that battle, but it puts West Ham right in it. Both sides, aren't they? They're mm. <laughs> battling. David Moyes uh, is, is a manager that sort of polarises he plays the same way week in, week out. Last season for them, that worked. This season, it just isn't. Um, they have players sort of who performed so well last season have really gone flat on them. Um, it's going to be a, a tough one to pick. I see Chris Wood got his first goal last week. That was good for all the Kiwi supporters. Yes. A tap in at the far post uh, coming off the bench. So that's a, that's, a, that's a big one for them. I just sort of fancy West Ham at home to beat Nottingham Forest just to give the, uh, the, uh, the Hammers a bit of a, a fillip uh, as they fight their way out of this relegation zone. Surely they are too good to stay in that bottom three. Yeah, I, I think so too. The other big game this weekend is, of course, the Carabao Cup. Uh, Manchester United, high-flying, in form, all the momentum, up against Newcastle, the first final in 25 years or something. Um, what is going on, though? The interesting story, though, Chody, is, of course, the goalkeeper. The, the, the Nick, po- Nick Pope's yeah. gone, and they've had to get someone else in. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating match, Um I mean, we've just talked about Man United's form line and looking so good. Mm. Haven't mentioned Newcastle. You'd have to think um, most neutrals want Newcastle to win this one. Manchester have seen their fair share of trophies, but, but a big club like Newcastle, mm. the Geordie fans will be going absolutely nuts. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they line up with. Um, but I fancy 
um, Man United just given their form line. Yeah, I'm a, I'm like you. I want Newcastle win, but I think United will get there. Let's let's get close to home, Chody. Last night I'm there. It's twenty past eleven. I'm getting tired. It's one nil uh, to the Central Coast Mariners. I'm thinking, oh, what can happen? And then for some unknown reason, the last fifteen minutes of Phoenix games seem to be absolute calamity and chaos, which is great for fans. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's, I, like you, watched long and late for this one, and the goal came so late uh, <laughs> that we uh, were fist-pumping just after I'd down past Peanut Slab. To be fair, I was uh, gone to the Peanut Slab to try and keep me awake. Yeah. Uh, it was it was chaos at the end. Two sendings off. The second one after um, the goal had been scored, but uh, and then the coach got sent off, of course, so three sendings off if you, if you count it. So plenty of entertainment. Probably a good point for the Knicks, mm. uh, I thought. Uh, it was a reasonable game. The first half, I thought they played reasonably well. But uh, in the end, I think Central Coast are a pretty good team. Yeah. Uh, they kept the Knicks quiet. They kept their big names quiet. Mm. I mean, Zawada got the equaliser. But other than that, he hardly got a sighted goal to Zawada. Yeah. Um, Bryant was pretty quiet. Um, and credit Central Coast for that. So I'd say the Knicks would say that's a pretty good point. As they sort of spent so long on the road, they head home next week for a home game, and they'll be looking forward to that, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm hoping that a couple of home games will do them right. But it's funny with the Phoenix, even when we got to one all and they're down to nine men, you still got the feeling that the Central Coast could still squeak one. That that lack of trust in our defence, you know, it seems like a complete reliance on Ollie Sale to keep making wonder saves. That's gonna that's not gonna work all the time. And he's going great again, though. Ollie Sale mm. is playing outstandingly well at the moment. Yeah. Uh, start of the season, I thought a bit slowly, but he's back to his back to his best. He looks like a player to me that could take a bigger contract to a bigger club. He's um, yeah. a great-looking goalkeeper in that. I mean, he's got a big spread of arms. He's got a good reach. He's, yes. uh, he looks a bit nuts, which is always helpful for a goalkeeper. <laughs> I reckon he'll, 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 he'll put his body on, he'll put his body on the line. He made a save in the first half with his face. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah. And and the save. From James McGarry oh. in the second half uh, was outstanding. Yep. Really good keeping. And as you say, he kept the Knicks in it. So if you're looking for a, a, a key player for them, Ollie Sale is uh, coming up big time for them. Yeah, absolutely. Other local football, which of course we've had the last couple of weeks, is, and it's been a, a, not a great news story. The, the Football Ferns, um, Chody, the last game against Argentina, definitely their best one, but Hopefully that's the trajectory that they're going on because it hasn't been pretty. Yeah, I watch these games and um, you sort of don't know quite what to make of the side. Um, the first the first route uh, was was horrible. Mm. Um, they were really outplayed, outclassed, and I thought, oh, this you're a long way off the pace. Yana Krakova's side looked well out of sorts. Mm. They improved over the games, and in the end, as you say, the last game was their most competitive. Um, they 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 looked okay in the last game. But I reckon there's plenty of work to do before the World Cup. Great to get these games, though, because it yes. does give you a sort of a benchmark as to what the standard is and what will be required. Because this is going to be a huge tournament, and it would be fantastic if the uh, the home crowd could lift the uh, the home team to sort of, sort of some great moments. And uh, that's what I'm sure all football fans and sport fans will be hoping. Oh, look, I'm the same, Chody. And in a way, the positives of this whole thing is at least this isn't happening at the World Cup. It's happening before... You know, we can adjust. We've seen some new players. And to me, one of the great stories of this uh, Football Ferns side has been Michaela Foster, who is, of course, the daughter of Ian Foster, the all-black coach, who is under all sorts of pressure. And there's his daughter coming into the side, getting her first run. And I tell you, Chody, she played really well. 
Yeah, and uh, it was interesting to see him sitting in the stands. Nice moment for mm. the family foster. That's 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 for sure. Yeah, because she's in her first year of, of professional football. Came out of the domestic women's game. Uh, got a gig down at the Phoenix, and uh, and now is playing international football. Yeah, it's a great story from sort of nowhere to somewhere in the space of uh, twelve months. She's one of the bright spots, I think, and and there will be others. I think getting these games will give even the players the opportunity to say, actually, I need to be better than I've been. They need to, you know, improve aspects of their game, and they've had the opportunity to sort of test themselves against some good international sides. Yeah, let's hope let's hope this is just what we needed to maybe give us the kick that we need for those uh, massive uh, World Cup games coming up. And just one final thing, Chody, have you thrown your hat in the ring to be always coach? <laughs> Wasn't that a sham? When I read that, I thought to myself, this is amateur hour, comedy hour. You you can't be telling people you've got a coach when you haven't, (laughs) when you haven't got a contract signed, which tells the other people that they're out of the running, so they all pull out. That's right. Um, Honestly, um, you wouldn't want them running your corner dairy. I'm telling you, it's a shocking, shocking state of affairs. It just seems so amateurish to me. It's um, really quite quite sad, really, when you think about it, because there's so many good things happening in the game for us, a World Cup around the corner in the mm. women's game, a, a Phoenix side hopefully heading to playoffs football, and then we make a bit of a, a bit of an ass of ourselves in, uh, in oh. that uh, hiring of an all-white coach. It was, I'm with you, it was an absolute shambles, and it sound to me, it was, what I found almost the funniest was the huge irony of saying we don't want the next all-white coach to be using us as a springboard like Anthony Hudson, and what does old Herdman do? He uses us as leverage, basically a springboard, to keep the gig, and it's like, oh, you're kidding me, come on. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, really, I, I couldn't believe that... Um, we were even in the press as a co talking about something that hadn't happened yet as if it had. I mean, that's um, yeah. 101 stuff. And, and you can absolutely understand Herbman. He would have been leveraging the oh. hell out of the offer coming from across the world. But you tell me, which job do you want? Do you want to be the coach of Canada in a year when they're about to host the World Cup or going into a World Cup? Or do you want to come and coach New Zealand? Wouldn't be a long conversation if you ask me. <laughs> I'm with you on that one, Chody. Hey, as always, mate, an absolute pleasure. Enjoy your um, enjoy your lunch and your and your uh, and your, your your Shiraz. All right, my friend. Yeah, lunch in the vines, perfect. Thanks, Dino. <laughs> Cheers, Chody. There you go, David Choate. As always, wonderful uh, football analysis.